Welcome to No Perfect Dad. My name is Neil, and I am here with my friend, Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey, Neil. What is going on? What is going on? You know, we say that, and like you try to make it sound like that you just walked into the room with somebody, but we've been in this room together for probably like three hours now, having conversations over things. Right. Right. It's it's It doesn't feel new anymore. No, it's great. It's like, you've been here long enough. Let's go now. Right. Like, we already know what's going on. That's yeah. also the idea you ask people, but you don't really want to know because they start to tell you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, let's get cool. Let's, that's cool. <laughs> great, great to know Thanks you. Thanks for telling me about Thanks for everything. Coming. Have a great day. No. Uh, hey, man, it's, it is good to have you here. I, I mean that genuinely. Um, I'm excited to be able to have these conversations with you because it's been a minute since I've done this and it's been a minute since we've done anything like this. I think I recorded something with you a while ago. Right. Um, but it's cool to be able to do this again. So I've known Jason since like 2007. Years. 2000, two, 2007 years. Yeah, that's it's been long. that long. Yeah. <laughs> we, we landed on the same meteorite together. Yeah, and, and now we are what we are. Uh, no, since 2007, we took a college class together. Uh, I forgot what it was. Was it like like reading two or something <clears throat> like that? I just yeah. remember we read some credit card book. Really? I think that's where you got into your financial piece. Oh, really? I don't know if that's it. That's crazy. That could something, be the genesis. Something, yeah, something at Delta. And um, I remember your pride and joy laundry soap card that you gave me. Oh, yeah. And that's how we became BFFs, I think. Hey, since then. shout out to Delta College, right? <laughs> right, for sure. Doing the Delta difference. Served me well. Hey, that's good. No, yeah, so we've known each other for a minute. We caught back up uh, working at the same place with some uh, abused, neglected youth mm. um, that were taken from their homes and uh, trying to be mentors and potentially big brother father figure to them to some degree and that didn't pan out the way that we hoped <laughs> do you do you still think about that whenever you drive by that place oh yeah i can't not drive by that curve and think about getting punched in the face did someone punch you yeah man oh I thought you talk about that night I ran around the building scared when that kid was going <laughs> to punch me <laughs> on third shift when they stuck me by myself and i was like Dun dun dun! Ooh, when did you get punched in the face? Yeah, man, it was probably close to the. I end remember of me that. Yeah, there were two kids. Yep, they were in the same uh, room together, and uh, and the one kid wanted to listen to his radio, and the other kid was not having it, and he just picked up the kid's radio, smashed it on the ground, and so I was just like, "Hey, man, you need to sit down," and like kind of put my hand out, and he got to his uh, his bed, and then. He just got right up and he just knocked me right in the face. And yes. then uh and then whoever was there for third shift came and just kinda like bear hugged him to the ground. Do you remember in that moment like what you did or what your reaction you were like? What? I just yeah. No, I just kinda like like stepped back, like stunned. Was that the first time you ever got punched? Uh probably. Yeah. I've never been punched in my life. We can change that. No. <laughs> I think about it all the time, like how frightening I'm gonna be and then how crazy I'll just end up if someone attacks me and be like, Crazy, don't mess with me. No, that's good, man. No, I hear that. So you and those who are listening know what it's about. No perfect dad is about dads trying to help other dads just 
be dads. Uh, we want to be encouraging to one another. Um, we know that there is no perfect dad in the world. And so we are trying to fit the perfect dad bill. We're trying to say, hey, you're not perfect. That's cool. I'm not perfect either, but let's walk through life together and figure out what it means to be a dad together. And yeah, so that's why we're here. I got a couple questions for you that I just want to kind of walk through this conversation with and uh, and just kind of figure out what dad looks like for you. Um, so first, who are you, Jason? Who are you? You know, I, that's such a loaded question. And I remember, it's interesting, I remember hearing sometime from a personality test or something, right? And they, they can distinguish your personality type based on how you answer that question. Right. Like, what well, if you talk about work or if you talk about family or you talk about... Um, but no, I'm Jason, uh, Jason Pockrant, born and raised in uh, Bay City, Michigan here, uh, not too far from where we're at right now. And uh, I'm a husband and a father. I've got two beautiful little girls, seven-year-old and a uh, little baby will be two Ooh. in January in like a couple weeks, actually. So two-year-old and a seven-year-old and uh, been married for almost 13 years now. And um, yeah, I do uh, do a few different things for work. Uh, do some work with dads, helping them start and grow businesses, wrote a couple books on fatherhood and, um, sell some real estate and then do some marketing on the side for speakers and coaches and such. But other than that, I'm just kind of an eclectic guy. Uh, I love learning. Um, I love people. I love collaboration, speaking, coaching, training, talking. It's pretty much my jam. And, uh, and then husband and father during the day. So that's me in a nutshell. I super appreciate the thing you said at the beginning of explaining who you are, like doing personality tests and and realizing like, you know, like we define who we are based off of what others say about us yeah. or what we do and not necessarily who we are like at the core as people, you know, and uh, I just think that's really good. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, it's interesting. I remember getting it from like job interviews, right? So they always oh, ask yeah. you that question. You do the job interview, right? Well, tell us about yourself. And there's people that are like, oh, I'm a husband and a father and I got right. two kids. And then other people are like, well, I'm an engineer. I worked at Dow. I worked here. Like, and they outline their whole job. Like, so just knowing the distinction of like your priorities. Like if you answer the question based on your work and your history and your employment or, you know, like you're that person, right? Right. Or, and I don't know the specifics of, of it, but it's just interesting to think like naturally we don't realize, but I'm sure when they ask you, Hey Neil, tell me about yourself. Oh yeah. You either always lead with your family or you always lead with work or right. you always lead with hobbies or you're always like, like, huh, I didn't realize that I always just, that's just where you go. Yeah. That's how we define ourselves as it, people. It's just interesting. And that though. gets like, I mean, again, we can hit this later too, but like that defines who we are even beyond like, I mean, as, as dads, right? Like yeah. I was watching some video yesterday talking about like our culture and how we are definitely more affected um, by our culture than we think when it comes to choosing a spouse and just knowing that it's like, you know, that culture has dipped into who we are as we define ourselves as as people. And we need to be, just be aware of that at least, you know, and knowing that. So yeah, man, you're a dad of two, um, two girls. Yep. I mean, that's all you've known is what does it mean yes. to be a dad of girls? Uh, are you guys done? Like, have you, have you taken the steps to like, you don't have to answer that necessarily his face, the step. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a loaded question. I'm sure not everyone on the internet needs to want to know, but yeah, no, we, um, we do have the two girls 
And as much as I've always wanted to have a boy and leave that legacy and pass the name and everything that comes with it, right? We um, we had we had lost a third child. So in between okay. the two girls, um, we were with child for about fourteen weeks, and it would have been a boy. So we would have had a son, and uh, we lost him, and then we had our daughter after that. So it's kind of you know one of those interesting thoughts of like. We're done for the most part. Okay. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. mentally and spiritually, like, honestly, that's, I'm dealing with that now today. And in the reality of it is that that's a, that's a closing of a permanent door for me that I don't want to accept. Okay. Like, which is just when you think about it and having another friend of mine had the conversation about it, um, it was sort of uh, having lost my father years ago to me to accept the fact that I'll never have a son is sort of like losing my father again. Okay. And so that's, you know, a lot, there's more depth to that, but yeah. But as far as right now, like, yeah, we're not trying. Yeah. If, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, I mean, for you, you know, you're saying I'm 36, it's like, yeah. And I just started over again. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, for you, you're saying it's, it's, it's definitive. It's kind of a definitive decision, like to say, no, never, that's huge. Like that's a big deal. And a lot of times I think I hear moms talk about that thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard because of the connection that they have with a baby physically with breastfeeding, whatever else, like just being always there. But like hearing it from a dad is again, a good perspective. Like it's definitive and it, it, it's a legacy that could be carried that can't, my grandfather never had sons. Mm -hmm. So we tried to carry like the name over with our, our first daughter. Sure. Um, but it's not the same as like having somebody yeah. carry on yep. that, that real legacy. Okay. So you brought your dad into the conversation already. Yeah. So, um, knowing who you are a bit, uh, your dad, uh, he's, he's passed. Yep. Tell us about him as you remember him. You know, I think about my dad, right. And I used to tell people for the longest time, like, I don't have any memories. I used to ask the question, right. Is it better to have nothing but terrible memories of your childhood and your father or your mother, or is it better to have no memories? Like, I feel like I spent most of my life with very little memory. Like I can remember vividly, you know, the fights and the arguments, right. And you know, when the police came and when all those things happened, right. The arrest and whatever. Right. <clears throat> but in no way was my dad a complete monster and was never terrible. Right. Cause I remember my dad worked all the time. Like, okay. My dad was a, was a worker. He was a hard worker. He was, you know, he was a mechanic, worked at, you know, the Vaveline and worked at Vaveline for years and worked at Goodyear for years. And I mean, to this day, I remember I have one of those little tiny ceramic Goodyear blimps yeah. that I got from dad from okay. some event or some award that he won. Right. And, uh, and I always remember that cause I look at my own life and I'm like, man, like my work history is like reflective of what my dad did, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> from this job to that job to just get by and to just prepare and be like, Oh, I don't like it anymore. So I find something different. And, um, but he loved working on cars. He was, he was a mechanic. He was a car lover. Um, he loved to hide candy in his top drawer. Okay. Um, he'd stay up all night, you know, he'd work on things. He'd take, take apart the radio and fix it, you know? So I remember a lot of music. We had a bird. Okay. Like it was the coolest thing. We had a little, little parakeet, right? Nice. And like, my dad was just obsessed with this bird. Like he just loved the bird. Okay. Like that was, I remember a cool thing. Cause I remember vividly the day. What was the bird's name? Oh man. I wish I could remember. Oh, okay. Okay. We had a couple, but I remember okay. the day 
I think dad left the back door open and the bird got out. It just it just flew out. Like the cage is open and somebody's cleaning or something, right? And we're just like, where's the bird? And dad was devastated. Forever gone. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but no, I remember that. I just remember like driving fast. I remember his hot rod car. I remember, you know, my dreams always to get a 69 Chevelle because I remember that's close to what my dad, I think he had a Nova or something. Okay. And uh, I always wanted to get a car and work on it with him. And uh, we'd drive fast. And, um, yeah, I remember I remember work a lot. Okay. He worked a lot. Yeah. It would, like, did you visit him there? Like, was that something you <clears throat> ever saw him do in person? No, I just, like, I can just picture, like, the uniform. Like, whenever okay. I think of my dad, I, I picture, like, the Vaveline, the blue, yeah. the blue, the blue pants and yeah. the blue shirt. Okay. And the name tag, you know, okay. like, just the sewn-in Dean. Yeah. Like, I just remember his name tag and, like, the outfit. Uh, and he was in sales, though, too. So, like, he was okay. he was a sales guy, like... He did sales. Like, you know, people always tell me all the time, like, I get my sales skills from my dad because he was, he was smooth. Yeah. He's a smooth talker. So I got to ask, like, do you hear that a lot? Do you hear a lot of like, oh, you're just like your dad? Like, do you hear that? Like, you remind me of your dad. Do you ever get that? Or is that not like, um, I hear it from some my, aspects? I hear it from my wife. My wife is like, my wife tells me often that a lot of my character traits and stuff are like my dad. I okay. look like my mom, but I act like my dad. Okay. My brother looks just like my dad okay. and acts like my mom. Okay. Um, uh, but I do want to say one thing, like we talk about parenting, right? And the one yeah. thing that I remember taking away, <clears throat> that's like the coolest thing, right? Um, so my dad would sleep in on Sunday, like every morning on Sunday, I remember he always, you know, he's sleeping in till like noon. He always had two pillows. He'd like shove his head into the pillows, right? And cover himself up. Okay. Um, but he'd always do tickle time. Like we'd jump in bed, right? And he would yeah. just tickle us till we peed our pants. Okay. And, um, and so I do that with Lennox, you know, my oldest daughter, like we'll do tickle time all the time, right? We'll just run in my bedroom, jump on the bench. We'll be like, will you tickle me? We'll do tickle time. And, um, and then now we start inviting Lakin in. So Lennox will be like, come on, Lakin. And she'll, she'll go up and she'll lift up Lakin. So I just go crazy and I tickle them all, right? Till it's nuts. And now the greatest thing ever I say with Lakin, right? And I'll throw her into bed and I'll go, Lakin, Lakin, what time is it? What time is it? And she goes, tickle time. <laughs> and then I go tag her and she goes, ah. And then now she'll be like, she'll run in the bedroom and go up mm-hmm. to the bed and go, dad, tickle time, tickle time. Yeah. And like, it was just like a couple of weeks ago where I like put that memory connection together. And okay. I was like, man, like, that's like the one thing I have, like with my girls, you know, it's yeah. like, and remembering like that was one of the things. Yeah. One of the biggest good memories I take away from my dad was like tickle time. Yeah. That and stealing his candy out of his top. And stealing drawer. the candy. Like he Your would candy. legitimate it was like Reese's pieces, like Reese's peanut butter cups all the time. Oh yeah. And he'd always hide it in the top. Reese's and Twizzlers. And we'd find it and he'd wake up the next morning and he would be like living. Who took my candy? <laughs> and we're like, not not. He's like, I had the Reese's. And Malo cups. Yeah. Like, you know, you get the cards oh, yeah, and you yeah, collect yeah, the yeah, points, yeah. too. Like, yep. like king remember size. Those. We just find those, like, coin cards, like, just all over everywhere. the house, everywhere. And we're yeah. like, Dad, where's all the candy? He's like, you don't worry about it. I'm like, it's in your drawer. It's it's stay in out of my drawer. Stay out of my... I'm like, in your top drawer, I noticed. Yeah, I already know. Just move like, through all the junk, and then I grab your candy. Yeah. No, man. Uh, so, so we know this about each other, and, and I think some has come out a bit in, in some of the previous... Uh, podcast but um like our experiences are fairly similar yeah. in in losing our dad kind of at a young age and and not having memories about yeah. things i mean you sound like you have a little bit more which is cool i mean and it sounds like a lot of good things 
in that too and and disconnecting those things but um yeah just a realization again that that it's like this is losing your father like at a young age and then trying to like walk, walk through life without him can be a difficult thing. And so um, I kind of want you to touch on that a little bit because I think we've had those conversations too. Like, what have you noticed having lost your dad? How old were you? 17. Okay, so you were, I mean, you're like of the coming of age, trying yeah. to, you know, figure out life. I, I was 11. And so it's right. like, those, those are like, that's like the sandwich time, right? 11 to about 17, where it's like, this is like coming of age. Like you're in a point where you're trying to figure out who you are and, and what life's all about. And so, um, I'm, I guess, I guess just talk about that. Like, what have you noticed, you know, good, bad, ugly about having lost a dad at a young age and navigating that in defining who you are kind of going even back to like what cultures defined us as, how has this defined who you are? I find it most interesting sort of from the two perspectives um i have a younger brother so my brother was 12 at the time and honestly i can remember more more memories of the struggles that i watched my mom and my brother go through having lost dad than i did because for me it was more like i was 17 and i was 17 years old we lost dad right and not the whole story, right? But I call it three days and four choices. So we, my mom and dad were married for 25 years, high school sweethearts. Okay. Literally married till the day he died. Yeah. We left on a Wednesday. We moved out, went to go live with grandma. They were going to file for divorce finally, right? We left on a Wednesday. I went back to go visit him on a Thursday. He was passed out. I ignored him. Friday night, we found out he passed away. My mom, my brother, unfortunately, went to check on him at the house, and they had found him. Okay. So that was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So that's all I knew. And then a year later, two years later at age, I mean, age 19, I met my wife now <laughs> Okay. and moved out. So it's like, for me, I only had like a couple years of like childhood left, if you will. Yeah. Um, um, so for me, it was like navigating life, navigating all that, like into adulthood. Mm-hmm. We lost dad. And then shortly after, I believe, we lost my grandpa and my dad's dad had passed away. My dad's sister passed away. And like, oh, wow. there was a lot of death in my family for a while there. And um, there was just no grandpas, no grandpas, no mentors, no uncles really right. that I was close to. Right. So for me, it was like becoming an 18 year old adult and not having any of that male support, mm-hmm. not having any of those role models. And, um, and then, um, you know, my dad struggled with some some drug use, and for me, at 17 years old, I remember subconsciously making the decision, right, of like, I'm either going to become addicted to drugs, like okay. my high school friends, or I'm going to go to school, and I became addicted to education. Okay. And so for me, like, it was all, it was eight years I spent before I even accepted the fact that my dad died. Like, I went through mm-hmm. it all. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to solve the mystery. I'm going to mm-hmm. get to the bottom of it. Like, and I did some crazy stuff, like got the police report. I got the autopsy report. Yep. Like I'm trying to answer the questions and figure out what happened. Hell, I went to Delta to go into psychology thinking I was going to become a criminal investigator to figure yeah. out how my dad died. Mm-hmm. So like losing dad spurred the entire direction of everything I've done since age 17. Okay. Like even to today, I mean, the work I do is all kind of derived from like fatherhood and being a good dad and just being there and being present. So what does that look like? How is, how is who your dad was 
and and what you've experienced with him or without him affected who you are as a dad? Honestly, I think it's it's been a bit of a challenge, right? Because one of the things for me is that I'm not very structured. Like I'm not a structured kind of guy. I routine doesn't come easily to me. Right. Um, discipline doesn't come easy to me. Right. I want to make jokes in light of all the situations when I'm uncomfortable and things of that nature. So it's, it's, it's wild to see how much of that is reflective in our kids. Like, so watching my daughter, she does what I do. Right. right. And just the realization, whether that, you want her to or not, she is doing what yeah. you do. And the realization that I'm doing what I'm doing because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> I didn't have that model. So it's like, I look to, you know, I try to look to healthy role models, right? Like the husbands and, you know, the, the few men in our life that we might know that are from school or from church, right? Like mm-hmm. I remember I still have, his name is Daryl. So the mentor that taught Daryl and his wife, Kathy, we went through the uh, pre-marriage class with them. Okay. So I look at him, right? Like hardworking guy, lost his father when he was young as well. He's been there for me. Like he taught us our marriage class and we still think about him. Like I'll text him every once in a while to this day. And that's 13 years later. And I look at him and think, man, how was he married for so long? Right. How did he have a good relationship with his wife? Like, how did he do it? How does, how is all three of his daughters, you know, his one daughter's a scientist, right? His other daughters, like they're successful and they're educated and like, you're like, man, I just want to, I just want to hope that my daughters turn out good. Like, I just want to hope, you know, that the fact that I'm a dad and I can be here and be with my daughters and give them that life until they're 18 or 19 and they move out, no matter what parenting style I picked or no matter what I let her do or not do, or that she's going to become a good, healthy human. Right. You know, we've heard that before, right? They say the only job we have, right, is to raise a healthy 25 year old. For sure. And I've had conversations with my buddy, Zach, right, where I forgot the context of it, right? But it was a situation with his daughter, and she got upset about this and got all mad at me and said, look, you could be mad at me right now because I'm not worried about having a happy nine-year-old. I'm worried about you being successful when you're 19. Right. Right? Like, And there's things where you're not going to want to do it, daughter, but you're going to go do it, or you're going to go learn it. I think it was basketball, actually. I didn't want to do basketball. And it's like, well, you're going to do basketball because you signed up for it and you made a commitment and I'm teaching you like what it means to keep your word. So you can be mad at me at nine years old because you don't understand it. Yeah. But I'm more worried about you respecting me when you're 19. The other thing is like you you read the books, right? Like you listen to Meg Meeker and you try to figure out like, I mean, I bought, I bought her course on parenting because okay. I'm like, here's discipline. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with tantrums. Like, I don't know how to get my seven-year-old to not talk back. Right. And, and it's like, there's information out there. And sometimes you just got to go to the experts and be like, Hey, can I figure out like, what do you do to set boundaries? Cause I, I legitimately have no clue how to get my seven year old to not talk back. To me. Oh, right. Like yeah. I have no clue how to say, look, clean your room and mm-hmm. go clean your room. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with when I tell you don't turn on the TV and you want to like, and the part that's, that's hard crazy. is that you have so many people that have different ideas of what, you know, it would look like. Like you have, you've got the whole generational issue of, well, these kids today, they just need this. Yeah. They just need better discipline and they just need that. And they need, and it's like, take them, take them behind the shed and crack them with the belt or whatever. And it's like, but no, um, right. Not necessarily. Well, these kids, their you know their feelings are getting hurt, and you just you need to you need to affirm their feelings, and that's just ridiculous. And it's like okay, like clearly there are it's it's that balance, right? Like there's there's a level of like yes, you need to affirm that they're people, 
Like, yes, they're kids and they're developing and they don't understand how to respond. And so everything that happens in their life right now is affecting how they're going to respond to situations when they're adults. So you as a human being that is an adult has to set yourself aside and you have to navigate life for a seven-year-old. Yeah, and I don't think we think about that. Like right. I, as an adult, I'm like, like we we talk back to our kids, like you need to just listen to what I said. Oh yeah, and I'm like, babe, she's seven. Yeah, I'm 37. Like, and I don't do, like, my boss says do this thing, and I want to argue and fight it. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm 36 years yep. old trying to talk back, but the seven year old's like, you should just know to not talk back because I told you not to. Oh yeah, you should just know when I told you turn off the TV, go brush your teeth, do your thing. Like you should totally just go do the routine because right. I told you three steps and you should do it. I don't follow three steps when I know oh, yeah. I need to for sure. Like someone says, hey Jason, here's a great idea. Here's the routine: set your alarm at eight, drink a cup oh, yeah. of tea, go to bed at 10:30. Like we don't give ourselves. We don't give ourselves grace when we need to, right? Mm-hmm. And then we amplify the fact that for some reason, because they're children, not only do they automatically understand what we told them, like they don't need grace from us, right? Because right. we know what's right. We told them what to do and they should just get it. Right. Or it's like we, I feel like we pass judgment on ourselves to be like, well, I can't let my seven year old have that much. We can't give them that much grace. We can't right. just assume they're they're only seven, so give them a break and let them off the hook. And some days, I literally don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, babe, she's eight years old. Or she's seven years old. She knows what I'm saying. Right. And then I'm like, maybe she's seven years old and like mentally she doesn't actually know what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't get what I told her to just go do For and sure. get. You catch yourself. It's in crazy. Because you're, like, you're like, well, like, then what do I do? Then yeah. Then one day you want to give them all. Didn't the grace. we just do this yesterday? Didn't we just <laughs> yeah. walk through the same problem yesterday? Why do I have to do this again? Well, because she's seven, or and, she's five, or or he's, or you're thirty-seven, and you need to be reminded of things exactly. that you continue to <laughs> not follow through with. And it's just it's the reality of humanity. We forget very easily the things that are good for <clears throat> us, and and easily dive into the things that are not so great for us. Yeah. I mean, the worst, though, is, like, when they call you out on it. Like, oh, yeah. So I go to the fridge. I take a big old drink of orange juice out of container. Right Lennox out of it. grabs it, takes a drink. I said, what? Lennox. What are you doing? I said, Lennox, what are you doing? She looked at me and said, you do it. I was like, I got nothing. Like, like what do I say to that? You're right. I'm like, she's, and my daughter. Okay, well, way, don't do it again. She's way too cocky, and she's just like. Oh, she'll just, see through it. Kids and kids do, man. They see and through they know where it. we, and yeah, they, yeah. So then that's when it, when we're hard on them, right? Cause I'm yeah. like, well, she's manipulating me cause she knows, like yeah. I know she knows what she's doing. Hey Lennox, what? Hey Lennox, what? Hey Lennox, what? I didn't hear you. Really? 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 You watched an extra 10 minutes of TV when I told you to come to the kitchen. You didn't mm-hmm. hear me? No. What dad? I'm like, you know what I said. Yeah, you know. So then I'm like, okay, well, do I treat her like she's seven now or do I treat her like she's 37? Because I think she knows. Maybe she doesn't. So we go crazy trying to just figure. And then some days I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to be like, however I feel in that moment is how I'm going to. Oh, man. Today it's new age parenting. Tomorrow it's discipline. Yeah. (laughs) You'll figure it out. Hey, man, I just want to say I appreciate you being here with us today and talking. And so um, I hope you'll come back. Yeah, definitely. We'll do this again. Yeah, we got plenty of plenty of time. We got more we can dig into, I'm sure. So we'll have to 
have a part two, part three, we'll make it a whole series. Yeah, that sounds good. And I want to get uh, all your details. You'll find those in wherever you're listening down in the in the details section just about uh, books, where they can purchase them, and everything else you got going on. So we'll get that after the show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Anyone out there listening, though, they can uh, pick up a free copy of Father Daughter Conversations. Let's just go to fatherdaughterconversationsbook.com or on Amazon, whatever's easier. Thank you, Jason. <laughs>